0: Hi guys, um, we have Kevin, Dan, and myself here today to do more uh, talking about regenerative landscapes. And so to start with, though, I want to find out how your weeks went. So, uh, so Dan, what did you, what were you up to this weekend, and what kinds of things happened?
1: Oh, you know, all the days just kind of blend together, so. <laughs>
0: It's tricky. Uh, Well, actually, yeah.
1: (laughs) Actually, yeah, me and my dad, we went to uh, Elk Island uh, last weekend. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, just kind of went around there. We were hoping to see, you know, like a great horned owl or something. But Mm -hmm. unfortunately, didn't see any of them. But it was just kind of nice to just go out there. Because, I mean, it was so quiet. Because, like, (laughs) nobody was really wanting to go out, I guess, to the park that day. But, um, yeah, it was nice. And it was a warm day. So,
0: well, that's yeah. the funny thing is the weather's actually great right now considering it's winter and it's now December, which is crazy. But, yeah, we same thing with us. We took uh, Sinjin and his cat, Bailey, and the dog out to Wagner Park. And there was one just one other person there when we went in and only three others when we came out. And uh, it was actually quite funny. Steve had the GoPro on, the head cam just so we could videotape the dog and the cat's reactions to doing the walk through the woods. Cause I know Dan's met the cat, but uh, Kevin hasn't met this cat yet. He's a Siamese and he walks on the leash just like a dog and he's very people oriented. <laughs> so we take him out for walks, just like we would with the dog. And a lot of people at first are just like, Oh, there's a little dog. And then they have to do a second take. Like, Oh my God, that's a cat. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds quite funny. So, uh yeah and kevin what were you up to
2: um really didn't do anything other than just working at the other job yeah um oh and I also uh did the uh what's it called the podcast the editing for the previous previous one yeah and, and how, i did a how, little how mixing so. like
0: um is there a program or something that you're using? Or, like, I mean, you were trying the Audacity, I guess, to start with, but um, how's how's that unfolding, yeah. I guess? Uh,
2: actually, I wasn't using Audacity. I was using um, Adobe Audition.
0: Oh, you just dumped it into a whole new program. Cool. And,
2: yeah, so and- it's actually easier. because I can cut all those um, different clips. And then rearrange them and everything, oh, so we and I also made a little remix.
0: We can be nothing like what we really are. It's great. <laughs>
2: um, play that for Dan. Oh yes. <laughs> play it for Dan.
1: Very good. Have a few hits, I think. Yeah, we can release
2: soon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> a few hits? Oh, what you turned it into a song too?
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. Do you want me to play it?
0: Cool. This could be our new theme song, guys. Let's hear it.
2: Oh, I don't know about that.
0: (laughs) We can always erase it. It's uh, fine. (laughs) The magic delete key is fine. But I'm sure it'll be great. I want to hear it. (laughs) Is that like... Beautiful. So Dan says that a lot, eh?
2: Yeah, a lot. I I have to cut all those you know out. That's like 50 of them.
1: And it's bad because I probably picked that up because of making, not making fun, well, maybe making fun of somebody. (laughs) um, Yeah i'll leave it That's at that so
0: too because <laughs> you don't want dead air you know you're trained for not having dead air so you use filler words when you can't think of something quite quickly and i know uh my mind is not what it used to be so there's a lot of ums and you knows and whatever in there so yeah i'm probably going to have yeah, it's, absolutely it's no fine. verbal communication whatsoever in mind because everything will be cut out of it it'll be
2: it's okay, cause I can ju- I, I can just cut all those stuff out.
0: Well, and I'm hoping over time. They make a remix more, out of
1: it.
2: Yeah.
0: I'm hoping over this time. This one, you know. this
2: one will have some new stuff, I guess.
0: Yeah, and and over time, I hope we get more comfortable, and then uh, we get we get to become better public speakers. Yes, yes, that's it. So um, last week we gave ourselves some tasks to do, and. Uh, so I think over the course of the week, Kevin was going to try uh, do some work on the the five Ws of regenerative landscapes, so that people would know what the heck are regenerative landscapes, what we're talking about. I actually think that's probably a great place to start, because that's probably our most important first podcast, first real podcast, I think, because if people don't know what that's about, then how can they even go on to the rest of them? Uh, I think we were going to try. Going over uh, Kevin's um, five W's of regenerative landscapes. I think we should call it WTF regenerative landscapes, but. (laughs) 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 Um, And then basically whatever uh, format or points you had, then basically anything that you put out there, Dan and I can respond to if we have something worthy to say or maybe unworthy. I don't know. So take it from here. Okay, <laughs> so
2: I guess I shall start. Before I start, what's the 5W again? Who, who what, what, when, when where, when, why. Oh, okay. Okay, I see. And if you want a well, sixth one, to what extent? Mm, and sometimes why okay. the
0: letter
2: Y. <laughs> I think the Y would be the most important part, right? So, okay, so let's just get started. Um, let's talk about what is naturalization or what is a regenerative landscape. Hey. So if you Google online, yeah, what? Oh, are you talking to me?
0: I was just saying it was great because what is my... <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, no worries. We can cut this part out. Or leave it there okay. fun. So what is... <laughs> What is naturalization? So as everyone can Google online, and uh, wiki will tell you, or just Google it will tell you that naturalization is an ecological approach to landscape management. Its ultimate goal is to transform disturbed land to a more natural condition, and thus create eco-diversity for the local environment. So, after talking about that, I've also seen other definitions that's more like a, a um, environmental term saying that you naturalize a species, then it becomes local mm-hmm. to your area. It's more like those um, clovers or smooth brome, those stuff, like the pastures they use to feed the cows and those stuff, that kind of naturalization. But we are not talking about those stuff. Now, we're talking about more the native part, the restoration part. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about why we need to do the naturalization and use the regenerative landscape. So the first thing it comes to my mind, it's money. Everyone cares about money. money. Yeah, we cannot deny mind. it. It's, it's just important because if you go out there, you want to buy a house, you think about money. After you purchase a new home then you're like, okay, do I have enough money to do the yard? Do I not have enough money to do the yard? Okay, I'm running out of money. Let's just do the turf because it's the cheapest stuff to do. But when it comes to landscaping, we usually talk about how much it costs. And most of the time, we are on a very tight budget, especially after buying a home and especially right now when the COVID is happening. Everyone's trying to save money. Um, So for the regenerative landscape, although the upfront cost, it might seem a little bit higher than the conventional landscape, just the turf and those stuff, because you need to, at upfront, you have to purchase the trees or the shrubs or even those uh, plugs of um, herbs. But after the calculation that you can i i've done a rough calculation online and with uh, the research of some other previous project and other numbers i found that you can actually save approximately 10000 in maintenance labor and also replacement cost over 5 years so when we are talking about those kind of stuff i would compare regenerative landscape to Tesla, when they are selling vehicles online, they put up the advertisement and say, okay, here's the upfront cost of the vehicle, the Model 3, it's, it's, it's costing you 40000 Then it tells you that over three years, after five years, you don't need to do the oil change. You don't, you don't, you don't need to uh, pay for gas. And the, the cost actually goes down to only 30000 and you actually save lots of money. And the resale value for the vehicle it's actually higher than the conventional vehicle. So same, it goes for the regenerative landscape because you don't need to do maintenance. And once it's established, you don't even need to spend any labor to mow the lawn or anything. And you don't need to replace the species if you, it will just establish itself and maintain itself. And it's not like those uh, perennial species you purchase from, you um, Say superstore, it looks cheap up front, and then it dies after five years because it's not meant to grow in this environment.
0: I really liked your analogy there. That was a great analogy. Well, it's important to people because they can get it, they can get a visual, uh, they can get a visual of of um, something that's tangible to them that they compare it to. Right?
2: Yeah. Okay. So the second piece I'm going to talk about is time as everyone knows that nobody time...
0: has any nobody yeah has any
2: <laughs> any. <laughs> and time is money especially nowadays we barely have time to be with our loved ones due to um say extended l- workload congested traffic you know uh anthony Hamday, the southwest part you can only drive 80 and 60 in certain zones, and It's just slow and you get stuck in traffic every day to work, coming from work. And also, after you get home, you get less time because you have to cook. You have to do annoying duties and chores. So I would say. um, So what do you think? (laughs) So with naturalization, the regenerative landscape, you don't need to mow the lawn. You don't need to trim the weed. You can just simply give that time back to your family. You can also enjoy your time in your backyard because it, it, its going to look like more naturalized. It's going to kind of look like a, a, a not a forest, but not n- not simply just the turf with nothing on it, nothing to.
0: Wild, yeah,
2: yeah, and the biodiversity that it's going to attract more birds and bees and those stuff. And also we are going to talk about um, the future generation, the kids, because people like kids. When people see kids, they think that they see the future. And I mean, kids, they are the future. And you, by doing that, those things, the, regener- the regenerative landscape, you give kids the opportunity to learn and study and also live in that kind of environment. And I would say last but not least, it's just simply probably the right thing to do because now everyone's just talking about saving the environment. Everyone's talking about sustainability. And we've already done so much damage to the earth by uh, building these houses. And when we build those houses, we cut down trees and forests. And When we are not using those land for residential purpose, then it's going to be a farmland to feed the human. So I believe that lots of residents living in Edmonton, they have had flooding, flooded yard problem. It's because the the turf simply doesn't collect the water that well. It doesn't filter the water. And the root system underneath the turf, is just not as strong, it cannot hold moisture that well. So by giving the land back into its natural state, it's going to help with those problems. And like I mentioned earlier, it's also going to help with the biodiversity. And with the eco diversity come back, it's going to help with the environment and also the human species. I think that's pretty much I'm going to mention. I don't know if you guys have any to um, add Um, to it.
0: Well, I'm sure Dan can help me out. And, of course, you'll probably have things to say in response to what I say. But just going over your points and uh, some things that I would thought of. So going back to your initial, what is the regenerative landscape or the naturalization? Um, I thought you got it fairly bang on. Uh, The only thing I'd add is, um, like, when I looked up uh, regenerative landscaping in particular, it basically was saying it uses sustainable practices to maintain systems. Uh, That's what the uh, sustainability would be. But to go uh, regenerative landscaping goes one step further. You're not just creating a system to sustain itself. You're, re- you're creating something that will continue on after you stop putting into it. So it's that, like you said, that whole ecosystem, that biodiversity, um, getting the um, the area that you're working on to the point where it starts to thrive and uh, improve even without human intervention after point, right? And so that's everything from the soil to the plants to the the animals everything that's living in it becomes this whole interactive unit right and so that's I think why we're all so interested in this it's not just planting something putting it there taking care of it for a while and then walking away and hoping that it you know doesn't die or um, can at least kind of hold its own we're looking at putting something in a little bit longer term maybe but by the time we're done with it, it's going to continue on for our next generations, like our, like you say, our kids and and whatnot, beyond our lifetime, so that it's it's going to con- it's going to have a continual cycle instead of end at some point. Uh, Dan, I don't know if you've got anything to add to that part.
1: Um, no, I think I think that was well said. Yeah, like I think when you when you're l- talking about regenerative landscapes versus even naturalization yeah i would say kind of like the difference between the two is i think when you describe regenerative landscapes you're talking more sorry maybe i'll just describe naturalization at least in my opinion what it means to me is with naturalization like a naturalized landscape you're putting plants into your yard or wherever i mean our and simply put are natural or like native to the area or like kevin said earlier on like plants that maybe aren't native but were introduced and now have been established here long enough that we kind of consider them native and you can argue kind of the pros and cons of that because i mean to me smooth brome i wouldn't say is native but it's been established here for so long a lot of people just kind of think of it as a grass that's normally growing here even though <laughs> i don't totally agree with that but anyways um but yeah with naturalized uh, landscapes i look at that as putting plants that are native to the area and throwing that in whatever landscape you're designing uh to help promote whatever functions that you're looking for or just for a low maintenance uh solution and any other uh, benefits to that whereas regenerative landscapes i kind of look at that as kind of a little more detailed not detailed, but... Uh, so it's
0: kind of like that next step, right? Like it's it's going a little bit more yeah, above it, it's more, that, it's, that it,
1: Yeah, it's more comprehensive in the sense that it's it's looking at uh, not just, you know, you put a plant in the ground and you hope that it does something beneficial because it's, you know, it's more low impact or more sustainable than uh, your conventional landscape. But I think with Regenerative, you're looking more at, well, you're, you're trying to pick and choose particular plants um, that are going to benefit not just, you know, pollinators or um, just kind of the aesthetics of your yard or just kind of these more uh, benefits towards you, but kind of towards kind of the environment as a whole or the ecosystem in the sense that Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're improving, well i don't even know where i'm going with this uh <laughs> you, no, you're improving like a
0: whole living breathing ecosystem or biosphere versus one part of it right
1: yes like you're trying to you're almost trying to create an ecosystem with regenerative landscaping then if you just say naturalization that can also kind of overlap with that uh kind of definition but a lot of the times it could just be, okay, I'm going to throw a native plant in here and hope that it attracts some sort of pollinators or has some sort of benefit, but maybe you're not aiming for a particular goal, which is versus regenerative landscapes. You're looking at the benefit of throwing all these different kind of diverse, um, uh, uh, planting schemes or something like that and utilizing a certain area and being able to improve, um, Uh, kind of the soil and the ecosystem around it, or you're creating your own ecosystem, essentially, and being able to, yeah, have all the benefits of that.
0: Yeah, and something that can over time self-perpetuate and, you know, eventually take care of itself. So like what Kevin was saying earlier, a lot less, maybe more maintenance, maybe more cost upfront, but it, it doesn't take too long before you start to realize, oh, now I'm saving on the mowing the fertilizing the time um all these other costs that go in and you can just sit there and enjoy it with your family or you know go do something else
1: (laughs) yeah and that's uh i know this is going to be another topic later down the road when we're talking about um i know you gave me the task of another pod Yeah, another episode that I think we're going to talk about, but one aspect that I was looking at with the other topic was, um, yeah, because when, Don, when you are actually, no, I thought it was going to be today, uh, converting, how to convert traditional lawns so your neighbors don't freak out. uh, That's kind of the little title that you proposed (laughs) to me and Kevin, and I, yeah, I was kind of looking into that a little bit, and anyways, tying it into what we're talking about now. Uh, one aspect of that is kind of that social i don't know what the right social interaction uh, type aspect to it where you know you create this regenerative landscape in your on your yard and that kind of creates kind of a opening for you and your neighbors to kind of interact because you know a lot of the times I kind of hear from people's like, sometimes people don't know your neighbor, like, even two doors down. Like, you might know the ones right adjacent to you, but, like, the next one over, you might never even, like, met them before or ever talked to them. But, um, with yeah, doing I mean, these kind of... Re- piece, right? Yeah, like, it's, it's a perfect, like, way to kind of...
0: An icebreaker. Yeah,
1: talking to somebody. Like, you know, you're working on your regenerative landscaping yard, and, you know, you're maybe trimming some of the plants that you have, or doing some minimal weeding uh but while you're doing that you know your neighbor two doors down decides to come by and you know he's kind of looking at it because you know he hasn't really seen anything quite like that it's mostly been conventional lance uh turf lawns for him or something like that and he's like and then that's where you kind of just get into okay oh what kind of plants you got there those look very pretty or it's like oh i see uh, you got a lot of pollinators like a lot of you know uh, bumblebees or something <laughs> buzzing around and I don't get that in my yard like what's like what's so special about these plants and then you go into describing okay what's the benefits of you know kind of creating your yard uh, to kind of look like this and then that kind of gets them going mm-hmm. on okay well maybe maybe I should try and incorporate something like that with my yard and yeah it's just a good conversation starter yeah. and gets people talking
0: yeah, and, it's, and it goes back to the the why of what Ken was talking about. Like, why would somebody do regenerative landscaping over traditional landscaping or anything? And uh, uh, I think a lot of those points, you know, the there's less work and cost in the long run. Um, the diversity creates habitat and multiple food sources. That's the other thing. Food sources, uh, right now, land's becoming more of a premium. People are worried about where their food's coming from and how it's grown and You know, not everybody wants to get stuff from the supermarket. Even if you have a smaller plot, there's a lot of native plants you can put in that will provide everything from berries, wild teas, medicines, you know, food, all kinds of things. um, So they can have multifaceted purposes, too. Um, And, of course, improving the the soil and water over time. Kevin was mentioning the whole thing about uh, a lot of these urban areas flooding and and runoff and that kind of thing is a big problem well sure they're doing some stormwater management with these ponds and things and that's another podcast in itself again but the average homeowner they've got a yard and of course it's surrounded by pavement and what are you going to do well if the soil wasn't so compacted on top with this tiny little layer of topsoil with all this clay underneath and then this turf stuck in there that can't possibly absorb all that water Um, it's just going to either create a big lake or run off to who knows where but by creating this regenerative landscape now you've got think of it like a sponge now you've got something that can suck in a lot more water because it's more permeable and then it gradually can use that water in the plants whether it's trees shrubs grasses whatever Um, or you could You can also divert some of that water flow if you have a pond or whatever you want, but at least there's a more, much more practical way of utilizing that water and not having it, oh, I don't know, run into your basement.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and I mean, it it looks aesthetically pleasing, or I mean, you can make it look aesthetically pleasing. Like, I mean, I've, I've seen some yards that, you know, try to put native plants and kind of make a wetland bioswale type design, and sometimes it just looks wild and Uh, weedy but I mean and sometimes I mean that I mean to me I think that's fine but some people they kind of like a little more structure and that's totally fine too Um, but yeah there's just so many benefits to creating those kind of things on your yard versus yeah when you have kind of those constructed wetlands uh, within kind of a neighborhood design Um, that only goes so far because yeah like you could be having all this water runoff that goes into it. But again, like you described, Don, that like not all of it uh, gets that far. And if you can do something on your yard uh, that can reduce how much is actually going into the stormwater management pond, or at least kind of slow it down like a sponge, like you said, uh, that helps greatly uh, for your house, for your household, but also for kind of the water the city water system in general too because there's just all those benefits of water filtration and just kind of being able to water holding capacity too and all these kind of things that would benefit so yeah mm-hmm.
0: and, and talking about um actually this is a this is a good plug for uh your business um but basically uh, it'll be it'll be on the, the other podcast that we're talking about with the um the neighbors that might not be amused with uh native scaping your yard how do you deal with that well putting in you can't there is definitely a lot of ways you can make a native ecosystem look fabulous and a lot of people will go oh my god i can't even i did had no idea i thought native plants were just weedy looking you know just look like grass and junk and i don't want that in my yard But if you lead by example and have a company like yours come in and say, hey, we can we can actually work with you and whether it's a wet landscape or a woodland or whatever you've got and get some really cool plants. A lot of them have we do have a lot of great flowers and things that are very visually appealing and you can get all that incorporated into a a little ecosystem. Then suddenly neighbors are going, wait a minute, who did that? Where'd you get, how'd you get that? What, you know, this is so awesome. And then when they find out these are native plants, then their, you know, eyeballs pop out of their head, their jaw drops. And they're like, wow, I can't believe uh, that this is so much different than what I was thinking. And that's where the education part comes in. So whether it's by a conversation piece, somebody is your neighbor, and then they start getting you involved um, in what they're doing or whether it's something that we're doing or something on a grander scale, just getting out there and talking and giving somebody something to talk about is a great start um, to burn down these walls of what people think uh, nativescaping is or, or what it should be versus what it can be, you know? Um, Hmm. And, and all these things that we're experiencing in the world right now, like the, Uh, everybody's heard about the carbon sequestration, the carbon, carbon, carbon. That's probably one of the biggest topics in the news these days. Well, doing this kind of regenerative landscaping can at least help uh, with that on many levels. And you don't have to have a large space. If everybody did something, whether it's in their uh, container gardens or whether it's in their yard, or maybe somebody does have a bigger acreage or farm, it doesn't matter what size of space, but if everybody does something, it's amazing what the mass uh, effect will be. Right. Mm-hmm. So I also, Oh, we were doing the, so the five W's, the, uh, when, so a lot of people may be having trouble finding information on, um, you know, how, how they could do the planting or who they could contact. When's a good time to do the planting Uh, where, like what kind of space they need. So these kind of questions, um, I guess we could probably give listeners some ideas as to where they can go for this information because even though it's becoming more, I guess, going towards mainstream, I find it's, I don't know about you guys, but if you're doing searches online or, or trying to go to a regular garden center or anything like that, I'm still finding it's quite difficult to find uh, information and product regarding the native plants, per se, versus um, I know because we're in the know, uh, we could probably give people a big head start by giving them some ideas. So, um, gee, I don't know. Where could people go for some landscaping consultation or possibly if they weren't Uh, either able to or uh, didn't have the the time or the know-how to do the landscaping work, where could they go, guys?
2: Go to fescue.ca and there's the contact information on it and we will give them a very educated and knowledgeable.
0: So there you go. So fescue.ca. That's actually Daniel and uh, Kevin's. Uh, business, and they've they've had a lot of experience and education um, in this area. So if you need uh, consultation services or uh, landscaping ideas, any of that kind of thing, they can do the actual work. Uh, and they can also work with you if you want to be a part of it. So that's that's one option there. Um, for people who do want to try and do some of this themselves, I do understand that, you know, everything costs money. Um, and there's a trade-off. So if you're going to do it yourself, there's going to be more work on your part, more research and everything else. Some people may find partway through that they don't want to do that. And so they may still come back to somebody like Kevin and Dan. Um, but if you do tackle it yourself, just make sure you keep in mind a few things. If you're going to go see collecting, uh, make sure you have appropriate permits or permission to go on uh, landowners uh, land to be able to harvest the material make sure you're not harvesting more than 10% or uh, maybe one-third of the plant material because you need to leave a good portion of it to regenerate um, there's going to be a lot of research you're going to have to do on possibly um, stratifying seed and a whole bunch of things we can get into that in a whole other podcast too but there are some possibilities you could do some of the things yourself that way uh, the next step would be if you can't or or don't wish to go through that trouble you can also get the plants um my business medieval manor gardens you can go to mmgardens.ca uh, we have the plugs the pots the, all the different array of plants a diverse uh, number of species and they're all from uh, various areas of Alberta. So, if you're looking, if you're living in a certain area, we can get plants for that area, whether you're down south or in the Edmonton area or whatever. Um, If you're in the woodland, if you're in the prairie, you know, we got you covered. Um, So, there's definitely options there. In a perfect world, though, whichever method you're going to use, just make sure you really research uh, what you're wanting and make it match up to what you actually have. A lot of people, I'm sure you've seen this, Dan and Kevin, where somebody will say, well, I want a pond, and they've got the driest piece of land that's the highest altitude on the face of the earth, and they're like, I want a pond, I want a wetland. Well, its I'm not saying it's not possible, but you're going to have to spend a lot more money and put a lot more work into getting something to work that way, versus if you look at the land that you've already got, or the area you've already got in your garden, and go, hey, well, it seems to be really shady because there's other trees growing here. It tends to be quite wet in the spring. Well, work with the uh, the plants that you know will grow in that kind of environment. And uh, that's usually the better way to go about it. But it's, it's just less work, right? But you could go if you really, if money was no option, put it that way, you could, you could do anything, but um, it is nice to work with the land instead of against it. Um, Oh, the when! So when can you do this kind of, you know, landscaping? Um, Because obviously we live in the Northern climate and it snows for at least, you know, 10 months out of the year and all that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, I mean, I, I would say in terms of planning, you can do that any time of the year i think the best time probably is kind of in uh early spring right now or even right now like i mean you can do it as soon as the snow hits like i mean everybody's kind of inside and kind of just thinking about well what can we do for next year for our gardens and landscapes and that's also the perfect time to kind of think about well maybe we want to try this regenerative landscaping thing even if it's just a little small thing. Let's let's try it. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of planning, yeah, you can do that anytime between now and kind of when the snow's gone <laughs> come April, May or yeah. around well, that time. And
0: Most people, because our summer season is shorter, right, they want to be outside, doing the work outside when they can. Um, so, yeah, anytime from now till spring is a great time to do all your planning and sourcing and uh, getting your consultation know whatever you need to be ready and then what's really this is one of my draws i've worked in the traditional greenhouse industry and and farming and all kinds of different things but what really drew me to the native plants um they are made for our climate so pretty much as soon as that ground thaws in the spring till it freezes up in the fall you are totally legitimate to be planting these plants because this is what they're made for. Um, As long as you've planted them correctly and you've watered them in, um, obviously there's a bit of care to start with, but they're more likely to take off and thrive uh, in our kind of conditions and environments than a lot of plants that are not native to here because a lot of them, they may need more water they may need more heat uh, which frost would definitely be a disadvantage yeah um, some of them are annuals uh, most of ours are actually perennials so they'll come back year after year so once you put them in you don't have to do it again um, but yeah you can you've got a much wider window to work with so you've got more time and so you can choose to you can do staggered plantings or or do pieces much like a puzzle just choose to do certain areas or layering um of your plant material so that it's a little more cost effective for you and then as money and time permit you can just keep filling it in there's nothing to say that you have to do the whole thing all at once and that's another cool thing about this kind of um landscaping i think
2: well said (laughs) right just to add here So if you're listening to this podcast, whether now it's springtime or summertime or it's in the autumn, um, it's always the right time to start thinking about starting the regenerative landscape.
0: Well said. Oh, and and also realizing uh, today as we're recording, it's actually December the 2nd. We are in December of 2020, right at the, uh, well... We we could laugh and say at the end of COVID, but we know that's not the case. But anyway, at the end of this year of it anyway. Um, but you could be listening to this anytime. You could be listening between your car, going to work, or uh, while you're going to the grocery store, um, at home. You know, so you, that's true. You could be doing any of this planning at any time, uh, doing the planting at any time, um, we're just giving you some ideas of when some great times would be um, when you might not be distracted by other things going on in your lives. But yes, wow. you could really start working on it anytime. Um, and there are, uh, you know, it's, we're not the only ones out there. Uh, as much as we'd like to say, hey, yes, we're 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 the only ones, please come see us. We love talking to everybody and helping them out. But there are uh, you know certain garden centers and a few other landscapers that uh, maybe offer some of these services but the big thing is make sure you do your research um, you want to know that you can work with these people that you can trust them that they know uh, they're knowledgeable about the plant material because another problem we quite come uh, quite often come up against is, Somebody will say, oh, here's a plant for you, and it's not even native. It's not what the person was really looking for at all. They go and they plant it in, and then they find out later, oh, it might even be an invasive for all they know, right, and, and that's not good either. Um, there's a lot of programs within the counties and probably within the cities as well that uh, will either reimburse for um, these natural naturalization-type projects, um sometimes there's uh courses and workshops that can be offered as well uh, a lot of free stuff um and there's there's a lot of information online but again just be you know buyer beware uh really research where your sources are are um and that you jive with them you know personality wise like we're all fairly easy going open easy to approach um but uh you need to know that you can get along with with whoever you're working with to get your Get
1: your job done on top of all that, as well to do any more research um or just kind of you know learning more info about just kind of this whole idea of regenerative landscaping and sustainability uh is to join so many of these kind of like free uh plant society groups, so I mean like kind of a big one for. Our area is the Edmonton Native Plant Society, which I think is a good resource for just, you know, it's free. Well, I mean, it, it's free to join on Facebook and stuff, but yeah, you can pay a $10 membership or however much it costs and actually be part of the society. But even just on the Facebook group, it's just a nice resource to be able to, you know, chat with similar minded people and just talk about, you know, it's even simple, simply, or it's as, it's as easy as just... If you want to figure out, oh, I have this plant in my yard, but I don't know what it is, take a picture of it, put it in the group. And sure enough, there's probably somebody within that group that could probably tell you what it is and help you out there in some way or kind of direct you to where you can find it yourself.
0: There you have it. The who, what, when, where, and why of regenerative landscaping, or like, as I like to call it, WTF of regenerative landscaping. (laughs) (laughs)
2: thank you everyone for tuning in to our second podcast remember to hit the like button subscribe and download the content and also leave a comment for more information go to fastq.ca and mmgardens.ca enjoy the rest of your week goodbye